Appendix to Chapter 11, Part 1 of Ten Days That Shook the World. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Ten Days That Shook the World by John Reed. Appendix to Chapter 11. 1. Limitations of this chapter. This chapter extends over a period of two months, more or less. It covers the time of negotiations with the Allies, the negotiations and armistice with the Germans, and the beginning of the peace negotiations at Brest-Litovsk, as well as the period in which were laid the foundations of the Soviet state. However, it is no part of my purpose in this book to describe and interpret these very important historical events, which require more space. They are therefore reserved for another volume, Kornilov to Brest-Litovsk. In this chapter, then, I have confined myself to the Soviet government's attempts to consolidate its political power at home, and sketched its successive conquests of hostile domestic elements, which process was temporarily interrupted by the disastrous peace of Brest-Litovsk. 2. Preamble, Declaration of the Rights of the Peoples of Russia The October Revolution of the Workers and Peasants began under the common banner of emancipation. The peasants are being emancipated from the power of the landowners, for there is no longer the landowner's property right in the land, it has been abolished. The soldiers and sailors are being emancipated from the power of autocratic generals, for generals will henceforth be elective and subject to recall. The working men are being emancipated from the whims and arbitrary will of the capitalists for henceforth there will be established the control of the workers over mills and factories. Everything living and capable of life is being emancipated from the hateful shackles. There remain only the peoples of Russia, who have suffered and are suffering oppression and arbitrariness, and whose emancipation must immediately be begun, whose liberation must be effected resolutely and definitely. During the period of Tsarism, the peoples of Russia were systematically incited against one another. The result of such a policy are known, massacres and pogroms on the one hand, slavery of peoples on the other. There can be and there must be no return to this disgraceful policy. Henceforth the policy of a voluntary and honest union of the peoples of Russia must be substituted. In the period of imperialism, after the March Revolution, when the power was transferred into the hands of the cadet bourgeoisie, the naked policy of provocation gave way to one of cowardly distrust of the peoples of Russia, to a policy of fault-finding, of meaningless freedom and equality of peoples. The results of such a policy are known, the growth of national enmity, the impairment of mutual confidence." an end must be put to this unworthy policy of falsehood and distrust of fault-finding and provocation henceforth it must be replaced by an open and honest policy leading to the complete mutual confidence of the peoples of russia only as the result of such a trust can there be formed an honest and lasting union of the peoples of russia only as the result of such a union can the workers and peasants of the peoples of russia be cemented into one revolutionary force able to resist all attempts on the part of the imperialist annexationist bourgeoisie three decrees on the nationalization of the banks 
in the interest of the regular organization of the national economy of the thorough eradication of bank speculation and the complete emancipation of the workers peasants and the whole laboring population from the exploitation of banking capital and with a view to the establishment of a single bank of the russian republic which shall serve the real interests of the people and the poorer classes the central executive committee Saika, resolves one the banking business is declared a state monopoly two all existing private joint stock banks and banking offices are merged in the state bank three the assets and liabilities of the liquidated establishments are taken over by the state bank four the order of the merger of private banks in the state bank is to be determined by a special decree five the temporary administration of the affairs of the private banks is entrusted to the board of the state bank six the interests of the small depositors will be safeguarded on the equality of rank of all military men in realization of the will of the revolutionary people regarding the prompt and decisive abolition of all remnants of former inequality in the army the council of people's commissars decrees one all ranks and grades in the army beginning with the rank of corporal and ending with the rank of general are abolished the army of the russian republic consists now of free and equal citizens bearing the honorable title of soldiers of the revolutionary army two all privileges connected with the former ranks and grades also all outward marks of distinction are abolished three all addressing by titles is abolished four all decorations orders and other marks of distinction are abolished five with the abolition of the rank of officer all separate officers organizations are abolished note orderlies are left only for headquarters chanceries committees and other army organizations president of the council of people's commissars vladimir ulianov lenin people's commissar for military and naval affairs and Krylenko, People's Commissar for Military Affairs, and Podvoisky, Secretary of the Council, and Gorbanov. On the Elective Principle and the Organization of Authority in the Army. 1. The Army serving the will of the toiling people is subject to its supreme representative, the Council of People's Commissars. 2 full authority within the limits of military units and combinations is vested in the respective soldiers committees and soviets three those phases of the life and activity of the troops which are already under the jurisdiction of the committees are now formally placed in their direct control over such branches of activity which the committees cannot assume the control of the soldiers soviets is established four the election of commanding staff and officers is introduced all commanders up to the commanders of regiments inclusive are elected by general suffrage of squads platoons companies squadrons batteries divisions artillery two to three batteries and regiments all commanders higher than the commander of a regiment and up to the supreme commander inclusive are elected by congresses or conferences of committees Note, by the term conference must be understood a meeting of the respective committees together with delegates of committees one degree lower in rank such as a conference of regimental committees with delegates from company committees author
5. The elected commanders above the rank of commander of regiment must be confirmed by the nearest Supreme Committee. Note, in the event of a refusal by a Supreme Committee to confirm an elected commander, with a statement of reasons for such refusal, a commander elected by the lower committee a second time must be confirmed. 6. The commanders of armies are elected by army congresses. Commanders of fronts are elected by congresses of the respective fronts. 7. To posts of a technical character, demanding special knowledge or other practical preparation, namely, doctors, engineers, technicians, telegraph and wireless operators, aviators, automobilists, etc., only such persons as possess the required special knowledge may be elected, by the committees of the units of the respective services. 8. Chiefs of staff must be chosen from among persons with special military training for that post. 9. All other members of the staff are appointed by the chief of staff, and confirmed by the respective congresses. Note, all persons with special training must be listed in a special list. 10. The right is reserved to retire from the service all commanders on active service who are not elected by the soldiers to any post, and who consequently are ranked as privates. 11. All other functions beside those pertaining to the command, with the exception of posts in the economic departments, are filled by appointment of the respective elected commanders. 12. Detailed instructions regarding the elections of the commanding staff will be published separately. President of the Council of People's Commissars, Vladimir Ulyanov, Lenin. People's Commissar for Military and Naval Affairs, N. Krylenko. People's Commissar for Military Affairs, N. Podvoisky, Secretary of the Council, N. Gorbunov. On the Abolition of Classes and Titles. 1. All classes and class divisions, all class privileges and delimitations, all class organizations and institutions, and all civil ranks are abolished. 2. All classes of society, nobles, merchants, petty bourgeois, etc., and all titles, prince, count, and others, and all denominations of civil rank, privy state councillor, and others, are abolished, and there is established the general denomination of citizen of the Russian Republic. 3. The property and institutions of the classes of nobility are transferred to the corresponding autonomous zemstvos. 4. The property of merchant and bourgeois organizations is transferred immediately to the municipal self-governments. 5. All class institutions of any sort, with their property, their rules of procedure, and their archives, are transferred to the administration of the municipalities and zemstvos. 6. All articles of existing laws applying to these matters are herewith repealed. 7. The present decree becomes effective on the day it is published and applied by the Soviets of Workers, Soldiers, and Peasants' Deputies. The present decree has been confirmed by the Saika at the meeting of November 23, 1917, and signed by President of the Saika, Sverdlov, President of the Council of People's Commissars, Vladimir Ulyanov, Lenin, Executive of the Council of People's Commissars, V. Bontbruevich, Secretary of the Council, M. Gorbanov. On December 3rd, the Council of People's Commissars 
resolved, quote, to reduce the salaries of functionaries and employees in all government institutions and establishments, general or special, without exception. End quote. To begin with, the council fixed the salary of a people's commissar at 500 rubles per month, with 100 rubles additional for each grown member of the family incapable of work. This was the highest salary paid to any government official. 4. Countess Penina was arrested and brought to trial before the first Supreme Revolutionary Tribunal. The trial is described in the chapter on Revolutionary Justice in my forthcoming volume, Kornilov to Brist-Litovsk. The prisoner was sentenced to, quote, return the money, and then be liberated to the public contempt, end quote. In other words, she was set free. 5. Ridicule of the New Regime from Drug Naroda, Menshevik, November 18th. Quote, the story of the immediate peace of the Bolsheviki reminds us of a joyous moving picture film. Naratov runs, Trotsky pursues. Naratov climbs a wall, Trotsky too. Naratov dives into the water, Trotsky follows. Naratov climbs onto the roof, Trotsky right behind him. Naratov hides under the bed, and Trotsky has him. He has him. Naturally, peace is immediately signed. All is empty and silent at the Ministry of Foreign Affairs. The couriers are respectful, but their faces wear a caustic expression. How about arresting an ambassador and signing an armistice or a peace treaty with him? But they are strange folk, these ambassadors. They keep silent just as if they had heard nothing. Hola, hola, England, France, Germany! We have signed an armistice with you. Is it possible that you know nothing about it? Nevertheless, it has been published in all the papers, and posted on all the walls. On a Bolshevik's word of honor, peace has been signed. We're not asking much of you. You just have to write two words. The ambassadors remain silent. The powers remain silent. All is empty and silent in the office of the Minister of Foreign Affairs. Listen, says Robespierre Trotsky to his assistant, Merit Uritsky. Run over to the British ambassadors. Tell him we're proposing peace. Go yourself, says Merit Uritsky. He is not receiving. Telephone him, then. I've tried. The receiver's off the hook. Send him a telegram. I did. Well, with what result? Merit Uritsky sighs and does not answer. Robespierre Trotsky spits furiously into the corner. Listen, Marat, recommences Trotsky after a moment. We must absolutely show that we're conducting an active foreign policy. How can we do that? Launch another decree about arresting Naratov, answers Uritsky with a profound air. Marat, you're a blockhead, cries Trotsky. All of a sudden he arises, terrible and majestic, looking at this moment like Robespierre. Write, Uritsky, he says with severity. Write a letter to the British ambassador, a registered letter with receipt demanded. Write. I also will write. The peoples of the world await an immediate peace. In the enormous and empty Ministry of Foreign Affairs are to be heard only the sound of two typewriters. With his own hands, Trotsky is conducting an active foreign policy. End quote. 6. On the question of an agreement. To the attention of all workers and all soldiers. 
november eleventh in the club of the preobrazhensky regiment was held an extraordinary meeting of representatives of all the units of the petrograd garrison the meeting was called upon the initiative of the preobrazhensky and semenovsky regiments for the discussion of the question as to which socialist parties are for the power of the soviets which are against which are for the people which against and if an agreement between them is possible the representatives of the Saika, of the municipal duma of the Avskentiev peasant soviets and of all the political parties from the bolsheviki to the populist socialists were invited to the meeting after long deliberation having heard the declarations of all parties and organizations the meeting by a tremendous majority of votes agreed that only the bolsheviki and the left socialist revolutionaries are for the people and that all the other parties are only attempting under cover of seeking an agreement to deprive the people of the conquests won in the days of the great workers and peasants revolution of november here is the text of the resolution carried at this meeting of the petrograd garrison by sixty-one votes against eleven and twelve not voting Quote, the garrison conference summoned at the initiative of the semenovsky and preobrazhensky regiments on hearing the representatives of all the socialist parties and popular organizations on the question of an agreement between the different political parties finds that one the representatives of the Saika, the representatives of the bolshevik party and the left socialist revolutionaries declared definitely that they stand for a government of the soviets for the decrees on land peace and workers control of industry and that upon this platform they are willing to agree with all the socialist parties two at the same time the representatives of the other parties mensheviki socialist revolutionaries either gave no answer at all or declared simply that they were opposed to the power of the soviets and against the decrees on land peace and workers control in view of this the meeting resolves one to express severe censure of all parties which under cover of an agreement wish practically to annul the popular conquests of the revolution of november two to express full confidence in the saika and the council of people's commissars and to promise them complete support at the same time the meeting deems it necessary that the comrades left socialist revolutionaries should enter the people's government seven wine pogroms it was afterward discovered that there was a regular organization maintained by the cadets for provoking rioting among the soldiers there would be telephone messages to the different barracks announcing that wine was being given away at such and such an address and when the soldiers arrived at the spot an individual would point out the location of the cellar the council of people's commissars appointed a commissar for the fight against drunkenness who besides mercilessly putting down the wine riots destroyed hundreds of thousands of bottles of liquor the winter palace cellars containing rare vintages valued at more than five million dollars were at first flooded and then the liquor was removed to kronstadt and destroyed in this work the kronstadt sailors flower and pride of the revolutionary forces as trotsky called them acquitted themselves with iron self-discipline eight speculators two orders concerning them council of people's commissars to the military revolutionary committee 
the disorganization of the food supply created by the war and the lack of system is becoming to the last degree acute thanks to the speculators marauders and their followers on the railways in the steamship offices forwarding offices etc taking advantage of the nation's greatest misfortunes these criminal spoilators are playing with the health and life of millions of soldiers and workers for their own benefit such a situation cannot be borne a single day longer the council of people's commissars proposes to the military revolutionary committee to take the most decisive measures towards the uprooting of speculation sabotage hiding of supplies fraudulent detention of cargoes etc all persons guilty of such actions shall be subject by special orders of the military revolutionary committee to immediate arrest and confinement in the prisons of Kronstadt, pending their arraignment before the Revolutionary Tribunal. All the popular organizations are invited to cooperate in the struggle against the spoilators of food supplies. President of the Council of People's Commissars, V. Yulianov Lenin. Accepted for execution, Military Revolutionary Committee attached to the CEC of the Soviets of W. and S. Deputies. Petrograd, November 23, 1917. To all honest citizens, the Military Revolutionary Committee decrees, Spoilators, marauders, speculators, are declared to be enemies of the people. The Military Revolutionary Committee proposes to all public organizations, to all honest citizens, to inform the Military Revolutionary Committee immediately of all cases of spoilation, marauding, speculation which become known to them the struggle against this evil is the business of all honest people the military revolutionary committee expects the support of all to whom the interests of the people are dear the military revolutionary committee will be merciless in pursuit of speculators and marauders the military revolutionary committee petrograd december second nineteen seventeen nine Perishkovich's letter to Kaladin. Quote, the situation at Petrograd is desperate. The city is cut off from the outside world and is entirely in the power of the Bolsheviki. People are arrested in the streets, thrown into the Neva, drowned and imprisoned without any charge. Even Burtsev is shut up in Peter Paul Fortress, under strict guard. The organization at whose head I am is working without rest to unite all the officers and what is left of the Yunker schools, and to arm them. The situation cannot be saved except by creating regiments of officers and Yunkers. Attacking with these regiments, and having gained a first success, we could later gain the aid of the garrison troops. But without that first success it is impossible to count on a single soldier, because thousands of them are divided and terrorized by the scum which exists in every regiment most of the cossacks are tainted by bolshevik propaganda thanks to the strange policy of general dutov who allowed to pass the moment when by decisive action something could have been obtained the policy of negotiations and concessions has borne its fruits all that is respectable is persecuted and it is the plebe and the criminals who dominate and nothing can be done except by shooting and hanging them we are awaiting you here general and at the moment of your arrival we shall advance with all the forces at your disposal 
but for that we must establish some communication with you, and before all clear up the following points. 1. Do you know that in your name all officers who could take part in the fight are being invited to leave Petrograd on the pretext of joining you? 2. About when can we count on your arrival at Petrograd? We should like to know in order to coordinate our actions. In spite of the criminal inaction of the conscious people here, which allowed the yoke of Bolshevism to be laid upon us, in spite of the extraordinary pig-headedness of the majority of officers, so difficult to organize, we believe in spite of all that truth is on our side, and that we shall conquer the vicious and criminal forces who say that they are acting for motives of love and country and in order to save it. Whatever comes, we shall not permit ourselves to be struck down, and shall remain firm until the end. End quote. Perishkovich, being brought to trial before the Revolutionary Tribunal, was given a short prison term. 10. Decree on the Monopoly of Advertisements 1. The printing of advertisements in newspapers, books, billboards, kiosks, in offices and other establishments, is declared to be a state monopoly. 2. Advertisements may only be published in the organs of the Provisional Workers' and Peasants' Government at Petrograd, and in the organs of local Soviets. 3. The proprietors of newspapers and advertising offices, as well as all employees of such establishments, should remain at their posts until the transfer of the advertisement business to the government, superintending the uninterrupted continuation of their houses, and turning over to the Soviets all private advertising and the sums received therefor, as well as all accounts and copy. 4. All managers of publications and businesses dealing with paid advertising, as well as their employees and workers, shall agree to hold a city congress, and to join, first the city trade unions, and then the all-Russian unions, to organize more thoroughly and justly the advertising business in the Soviet publications, as well as to prepare better rules for the public utility of advertising. 5. All persons found guilty of having concealed documents or money, or having sabotaged the regulations indicated in paragraphs 3 and 4, will be punished by a sentence of not more than three years' imprisonment, and all their property will be confiscated. 6. The paid insertion of advertisements, in private publications, or under a masked form, will also be severely penalized. 7. Advertising offices are confiscated by the government, the owners being entitled to compensation in cases of necessity. Small proprietors, depositors, and stockholders of the confiscated establishments will be reimbursed for all monies held by them in the concern. 8. All buildings, officers, counters, and in general every establishment doing a business in advertising, should immediately inform the Soviet of workers' and soldiers' deputies of its address, and proceed to the transfer of its business, under penalty of the punishment indicated in paragraph 5. President of the Council of People's Commissars, Vladimir Yulianov, Lenin. People's Commissar for Public Instruction, A. V. Lunacharsky. Secretary of the Council, N. Gorbanov. 11. Obligatory Ordinance. 1. The city of Petrograd is declared to be in a state of siege. 2. 
all assemblies meetings and congregations on the streets and squares are prohibited three attempts to loot wine cellars warehouses factories stores business premises private dwellings etc etc will be stopped by machine-gun fire without warning four house committees doormen janitors and militiamen are charged with the duty of keeping strict order in all houses courtyards and in the streets and house doors and carriage entrances must be locked at nine o'clock in the evening and opened at seven o'clock in the morning after nine o'clock in the evening only tenants may leave the house under strict control of the house committees five those guilty of the distribution sale or purchase of any kind of alcoholic liquor and also those guilty of the violation of sections two and four will be immediately arrested and subjected to the most severe punishment petrograd sixth of december three o'clock in the night committee to fight against pogroms attached to the executive committee of the soviet of workers and soldiers deputies twelve two proclamations lenin to the people of russia quote, comrades workers soldiers peasants all toilers the workers and peasants revolution has won at petrograd at moscow from the front and the villages arrive every day every hour greetings to the new government the victory of the revolution is assured seeing that it is sustained by the majority of the people it is entirely understandable that the proprietors and the capitalists the employees and functionaries closely allied with the bourgeoisie in a word all the rich and all those who join hands with them regard the new revolution with hostility oppose its success threaten to halt the activity of the banks and sabotage or obstruct the work of other establishments every conscious worker understands perfectly that we cannot avoid this hostility because the high officials have set themselves against the people and do not wish to abandon their posts without resistance but the working classes are not for one moment afraid of that resistance the majority of the people are for us for us are the majority of the workers and the oppressed of the whole world we have justice on our side our ultimate victory is certain the resistance of the capitalists and high officials will be broken no one will be deprived of his property without a special law on the nationalization of banks and financial syndicates this law is in preparation not a worker will lose a single kopeck on the contrary he will be assisted without at this moment establishing the new taxes the new government considers one of its primary duties to make a severe accounting and control on the reception of taxes decreed by the former regime comrades workers remember that you yourselves direct the government no one will help you unless you organize yourselves and take into your own hands the affairs of the state your soviets are now the organs of governmental power strengthen them establish a severe revolutionary control pitilessly crush the attempts at anarchy on the part of drunkards brigands counter-revolutionary yunkers and kornilovists establish a strict control over production and the accounting for products arrest and turn over to the revolutionary tribunal of the people every one who injures the property of the people by sabotage in production by concealment of grain reserves reserves of other products 
by retarding the shipments of grain, by bringing confusion into the railroads, the posts, and the telegraphs, or in general opposing the great work of bringing peace and transferring the land to the peasants. Comrades, workers, soldiers, peasants, all toilers. Take immediately all local power into your hands. Little by little, with the consent of the majority of peasants, we shall march firmly and unhesitatingly toward the victory of socialism, which will fortify the advance guards of the working class of the most civilized countries, and give to the peoples an enduring peace, and free them from every slavery and every exploitation. End, quote. End of chapter 11 Appendix Part 1